0: How's it going, everybody? Andrew Zarian here, Wrestling Observer Live. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. And Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern. We're here on a Sunday. It's a Sunday edition. Man, you know what? I always look forward to this show every week uh, for a number of reasons. Obviously, I love doing it. But mainly, uh, I get to summarize the week in wrestling, which I don't get to do with any of the other shows that I do. It's always about, you know, what's happening in the moment. And I really... I got a thing on the fly a little bit, and sometimes I put my foot in my mouth, but I like the weekly roundup with the rumors and the new stuff. Uh, our producer, Matt, does a great job of putting the notes together. Man, we got a lot of news coming out, especially out of today. AEW DDT announced a work agreement. This is going to lead me down a path of, of some uh, some assumptions on my side and some fill in the blank. We're going to play a game here. With everybody, because I spoke to a couple people at WWE a few weeks ago, and it's interestingly enough that the night of the Ring of Honor announcement, I was told that AEW was working on an agreement with an international pro wrestling promotion. We'll go into this, obviously. Gable Stevenson defended his NCAA championship for the uh, second year. He competed in this. Uh, Obviously, he did great this year, and now he is WWE bound. Hung up his boots, left it in the ring. Or on the mat, I should say. Cody's reportedly already signed with WWE. That's the uh, big story here. It's finally coming out that it's it's, it's happened? It hasn't happened? I believe it's happened. I'm going to go with the confirmation that it has happened. He is signed with WWE. And we'll go into all the possible scenarios here. WrestleMania card is also shaping up. You know what? This card does not look bad at all. Yeah, it's two nights. Yeah, it's like 4,000 matches. It's going to be a total combined watched hour of like 48 hours straight of wrestling. But, you know, it's not looking bad. And also, we got a great guest, a podcasting OG, a pro wrestling podcasting OG, Will Washington from Grap City Podcast over at Fightful. He's going to be joining me. I got to tell you, uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation with him because there's so many moving parts happening in pro wrestling right now. We're going to come back and talk about Cody Rhodes, possibly... Already signing with WWE, Andrew Zarian here, Sunday edition, Wrestling Observer Live, we'll be back right after this. Wrestling Observer Live, Andrew Zarian here, I can feel it, I'm feeling it today, I'm pumped. 10 cups of coffee, my kids knocking on the door while while we're getting ready for the show, it's a total chaotic scene here, but joining me today, uh, listen, a dude that I have tremendous respect for, admiration for, an OG in the world of Professional Wrestling Podcasting, Will Washington joining
1: me. Everybody, what's going on, Will? Thank you for having me, Andrew. I'm so excited to be here. Finally, I've been, you know, it's funny. I, I, as long as I've been podcasting, I've also been, uh, I guess, observing the Wrestling Observer. I'm a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer, right? And so it's it's uh, kind of a full circle moment for me to be here on the show today.
0: Dude, uh, absolutely love it. You, you're doing some great stuff. The Grap City podcast over at Fightful. Uh, I mean, you've done you've done podcasts for so long. But the Grap City podcast, I, uh, how long ago did you start it? Because you've been doing a tremendous job uh, with it. I, I like listening to it. It's it's early on Saturdays, which I love.
1: <laughs> I know. I love getting my podcast because I, I late night podcasted for 16 years. And to have launched Grap City as a Saturday morning show and to have the rest of my days... Uh is definitely different and my wife really appreciates yeah, that. Mine too. Um, Graps. <laughs> we, <laughs> we started We started Grapsity uh, about six months ago. Uh, so it hasn't been that long. Uh but before that I had been hosting uh podcasts for over sixteen years and uh I did RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk for sixteen years and then um beyond that I hosted other shows in between. I did now playing now for many years as well. So I've been podcasting since podcasting was a word. I love it. And it's pretty much ingrained in me. I've I'm 34. Right. So like when I say I've been podcasting 17 years, that means I've spent the majority of my life doing so, which is just insane. I
0: love it. I'm 38. So kind of the same, same generation of pro wrestling. And this kind of goes right into uh, some bad news that I didn't talk about at the top of the top of the hour when we started, but uh, Scott Hall passing away. uh, We got confirmation during Monday night. Raw that uh he had passed away it, it's it's such a sad story the more details you hear about this the sadder it gets uh he had fallen a few days prior and uh to getting surgery he ended up having to get or he, he broke his hip and he fell and he was apparently stuck like that for a number of days and, and that's a story that's coming out and uh it was so bad that people couldn't get in touch with him he couldn't reach a phone and diamond dials page actually showed up at his house and fa- found him on the floor, uh, I believe Sean Waltman uh, X-Pac, put out a. Um, uh, I don't know if it was a quote of him of him talking about it or or an actual post, but he said that Scott, you know, wasn't doing too great the last couple of years. The pandemic, uh, I believe the exact words were, did him in. He had lost a lot of weight. Uh, he was drinking again. There were some issues. But what a! I, I my heart breaks at, about this because, you know, growing up, that was. Like Scott Hall was a major part of my childhood. Like that whole Razor Ramon thing, I connected with that character for some some reason. My father loved it. You know, we would do the whole Chico thing, and he would always. You know, it, it was just. It's one of that. It's one of those moments where you stand back and you're like, you know, the pop culture references. You know, the 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 impact he's made on pop culture over the last 20, 30 years. It's unbelievable, and and uh, you know, I'm. It really bothered me. More than I thought it would, you know, it affected me. How did you feel about this, Well? Because you know, we're, we're listen. You're 34. I'm 38. We grew up with the same generation of wrestling, and, and this is a big blow.
1: Yeah, I I grew up with uh, Scott Hall, and um, you know, especially thinking about Razor Ramon, and uh, and how you know a lot of people. Uh, like to say, I said this on Grabsity yesterday, but uh, one of the things that people have said about Scott Hall for many years is that he's one of the greatest wrestlers to have never won a world championship. But what made Scott Hall so cool was the fact that you could tell that didn't bother him at all. Like, that's how cool Scott Hall was. And uh, for me, you know, he affected so much of my wrestling fandom in that. Um, you know, not just from the Razor Ramon side of things, which you just talked about, but from the WCW side of things. The fact that uh, when he jumped on that Nitro, that's still one of the most uh, iconic moments I could ever recall watching yep. wrestling as a kid. Um, seeing him all of a sudden uh, not Razor Ramon anymore. It's like, you know, the, that first statement he makes of the, uh, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. That line like, was so iconic because literally everybody watching that Knew who he was, did not know why he was here, did not know why this guy is standing here in denim all of a sudden. Um, And the fact that even that deep into his career, he was able to reinvent himself again, because like Razor Ramon was not the start of his career, right? And that was a reinvention. And then he comes in, reinvents himself again as Scott Hall. No, that affected me huge because, uh, you know, when you think about the NWO, Uh, And what the NWO did for professional wrestling and how much it changed the perception of pro wrestling in the 90s and how cool it made pro wrestling Um, and how, you know, Hogan was the the big force in what um, cemented the NWO and Kevin Nash was obviously a a major piece, especially as the NWO broke apart. But like the starting piece of the NWO is Scott Hall and the NWO does not have that cool factor without scott hall behind it and so uh no he that's a tremendous loss and that's one that um yeah i it had affected me pretty much all day monday just thinking about uh because we hadn't gotten confirmation until raw but we had heard you know sunday night that um you know they were taking him off life support so pretty much all day monday i just spent the day uh just thinking about you know, him, his family and everybody he's affected in pro wrestling. Pretty much everybody has a, a story to tell about how Scott Hall guided them or, you know, just he would take the time to talk to young wrestlers and uh and give them that little uh just piece you know, just a little bit of wrestling wisdom that he carried with him yeah. pretty much and all the years. What a, what
0: a book. I mean he, he was uh,
1: uh wrestling
0: brilliant, you know, if you if you look at it that way. You know, and also the transition at that time period, and I always say it, the reason wrestling was hot uh, you know, MTV, that whole MTV generation, the whole, you know, uh, extreme, everything was extreme, everything was in your face, but also, you know, hip-hop culture was blowing up at that time, I mean, it was, to- every top Billboard chart had a rap song in it, which was unheard of 10 years ago, 10 years prior to that, and they played into that, they had that crossover, that cool crossover that was happening, and that's why there was such a pop culture icon, still to this day, man. People walk around with NWO shirts. People walk around with Razor Ramon shirts. The influence on pop culture, mainstream uh, or not, is extremely impactful from that era of wrestling. Still, we're seeing yeah, it 20, I 30 agree. years later.
1: Yeah. You know, you, as far as, um, because I think people who weren't around or alive at that point or weren't paying enough or weren't paying attention at that point um, really miss the gravity of how mainstream things like the nwo like truly were like um you know thinking about uh, the crossover stuff with carl malone and uh and dennis rodman Love, and yeah and, and like how much it appeared on the tonight show like everybody knew the nwo everybody knew um what was happening in pro wrestling at that point and cool. even yeah, as uh, as casual of a viewer as you were, even if you weren't watching or following pro wrestling, you knew it. And I feel like people knew Scott Hall. I had people uh calling me who haven't watched wrestling in twenty years who are like, "Wait, did I just hear Razor Ramon died? Yeah. Um, did I just hear yeah. Scott Hall died?" Like that was a name that meant a lot to a lot of people.
0: Yeah, tremendous. uh You know, obviously our thoughts go out to the family and uh obviously all his close friends because uh devastating news but i wanted to take a minute and talk about it because i didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show last week because it was sunday um some other stuff and i'm gonna we're gonna go into the cody story after the break because it's gonna take us some time to kind of dissect and and better understand you know what's going on here uh and and what his future plans in the company could be because there's so much going on but i wanted to talk about this gable Steepson. Coming to WWE, it's happening. Uh, it's happening sooner than a lot of people thought. He defended his NCAA championship uh, the other day. He left his his wrestling shoes in the in the, on the mat in the ring, and this was his send off. Coming in,
1: do they have another Kurt Angle on their hands? What do you think? Uh, if not another Kurt Angle, then maybe another Brock Lesnar. Maybe um, another Brock. And yeah, and, yeah you know, because uh, I was thinking about the way Kurt was brought in. Uh, versus the way Brock was brought in. And I don't know uh, personality wise what Gable brings to the table, but uh, let's I go to a break. I, let's uh, go to our break. But I want to get your thoughts on this. Wrestling Observer
0: Live, Andrew Zarian here, joined by Will Washington. We'll be right back after this. Wrestling Observer Live, Andrew Zarian here, Sunday edition, joined by Will Washington. Grap City Podcast. Before the break, we were talking about Gable Stevenson. And uh, you know what? What the plan with him moving forward is? I think they had got a, they got a star.
1: Uh, it's all a matter of how they play it out, huh? Yeah, I, I wonder how exactly he gets brought in, um, because again, we, we do have kind of two formulas for this, as we were talking about before the break. Um, whether we can follow a, a more Kurt Angle type formula where um, his personality is really what defines who he is uh, or they do the Brock thing. Cause I, I, I feel like he'll debut in more of a Brock fashion and that he's brought in after WrestleMania. Uh, and uh, as far as he's concerned, you know, do we just come in and, and showcase who he is intensely or, um, yeah. you know, we were talking about during the break, you know, the guy's got a personality uh, and he's very charming. Um, is that, the Gable Steveson we see on TV, or do we bring him in as more of a, a serious, intense wrestler? I don't I, know. I, um, you, you
0: described it way better. The way that I put it is, he he's got a likable face. Yes. I see him and I go, what a great smile on that guy. I don't want to boo him. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how I see it. You know. Uh, but you never know, man. I, I'm hope I'm very hopeful that he does great. I and and this, you know, the success of Gable Steveson will set. The overall tone of the success of their new uh, new program of how they're recruiting talent and looking for oh, yeah, the you know, line, colleg- yeah. yeah uh, collegiate athletes, rather than you know, going to independent shows and finding the best independent talent. very interested to see this. S- s- since we're on the debut topic here, uh, a couple days ago, Mike Johnson, I believe, confirmed that or, or he reported, I should say PW Insider reported that the deal was done. With WWE a couple of weeks ago, Dave uh, had mentioned a, n- a couple times that Cody versus Seth Rollins was still scheduled for WrestleMania. Fightful Select is reporting that he's scheduled for the night after WrestleMania. Uh, I don't. I, I think those are both uh, both coinciding with each other. You know, I I got a bunch of messages from people saying like, "Hey, what's the latest on this? What do you know?" And I have nothing has ever changed with what I was told about the Cody deal. You know, four weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever the initial story happened, uh, I was told that he was coming. It was happening. They were working on the deal. When the story broke, that I believe it was a Friday that uh, a story broke a couple of weeks ago that said that you know things were had fallen apart in the deal. When I reached out to a contact at WWE, I was told, and I quote, "No truth to that." So, you know, it seems like the deal is done. He's coming in now. The big question is. How does he come in? What does he do? Obviously, Seth Rollins is the opponent, but how does a how does WWE handle him? And, and this is why I'm saying this is important. I, I'm, I, I'm, I would love to get your opinion on this. But you have a guy, you have an opportunity for WWE. This is the first major acquisition. Actually, it could be the first acquisition from AEW on a, on a scale like this. This is the first one. This is setting the precedence on talent, that's unhappy at AEW or will be unhappy because it will happen right now. We're still in the honeymoon phase. This is a three-year-old company. People are very much behind the movement and and everything. You know, when I spoke to WWE, when the Cody story started happening, they were waving their victory flag saying, you know, this is a great morale boost to the company. We always hear the negativity. We always hear about guys that are unhappy. They want to leave. They don't want to do it there. They go to AEW. They want to go somewhere else. But you don't ever hear about guys leaving companies because they're miserable and going to WWE. That's not something that's happened over the last couple of years. I, I would maybe think Karrion Cross was one with Impact going to NXT. But other than that, I really... Uh, guys in the chat, tell me. Uh, I can't think of anybody. But this is going to set an example for AEW talent that maybe thinks they could do better at WWE, on, but it all depends on how Cody is handled. Are they going to throw a title on him for no reason? No, I don't think that's happening. But... I do think they're going to be very careful on how they position this guy and what they do with him, at least for the next six months. What do you think, Will?
1: Uh, I think he is in an incredible position to, yeah, set the tone for what is to come for uh, future AEW contracts that are going to expire in the near future um and yeah people who may be looking elsewhere you know that there's all the talk to people joke all the time about mjf he mentions all the time in 2024 um yeah. this is what essentially could lay the groundwork for that and it's not just anybody right this isn't uh you know some upper echelon guy or even a, a lower guy this is for a lot of people in AEW the guy uh and so um I, I've heard some things about, because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've asked around as far as uh, what people in AEW have heard and what people in WWE have heard. And um, and some things have been interesting because, uh, you know, around the time I heard that the, the talks had, or when that article dropped that the, the talks had slowed down, um, the thing I got in response to that was uh, the same thing you had got, which was, uh, not only is there not necessarily any truth to that, um, the at least a lot of people are working. We're working under the assumption that nothing was ever going to happen with Cody as far as debuting was concerned, as long as the Go Big Show was on, and that show ended a week ago. Yeah. So. Uh, as far as that was concerned uh, i'm not sure on who's in that was on if that was like a contractual obligation or if it was just kind of like a good faith kind of thing but at least the understanding i was under the impression of was that nothing was ever going to happen there so for people who have been waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering why he hasn't debuted yet that's at least what i had heard
0: yeah no um, i i had heard I, similar things i even had heard that he wouldn't want to debut in jacksonville but I, obviously that's a lot of that is speculation rumors that we can't figure out. Now, here's the thing, right? Um, I don't know how WWE is going to handle him. I hope for his sake and for, for people watching our sake. You know, we have to sit through and watch it. They do something great with him. Um, what is, What is the likelihood that that happens in your opinion? Do you think this is a this is a moment where WWE really thinks, you know, the, the optics of this? Because that's a word that I constantly hear from them is that the optics of what, what we're doing. And I tend to use that a lot now, too, because it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's perception and it's optics over anything else. Do you think that they're going to be able to uh, do
1: right by Cody? In order to do right by Cody, I would have to know what Cody's after. I had That's a tweet a earlier question. about yeah. this um, because, uh, you know, thinking about the identity that Cody has crafted since 2016, you know, he... Uh, He's known for his promos. He's known for kind of being a little bit outrageous in his matches, um, going a little bit over the top. You know, he did the shovel thing in the match with Malachi back in October, uh, and you know, talking about bleeding in pro wrestling. He, I don't think anybody's bled in AEW more than Cody. Yeah. Um, the guy had the guy did color in a match with uh, with Jungle Boy that that was literally announced like the week before, uh, but. So when I think about Cody and all the things that have kind of defined Cody over the last six years, almost none of that would fly in WWE. And so I almost wonder if the plan is to do maybe like a CM Punk type thing where like, that's exactly what you're going for. You know, when you think about CM Punk in 2011, where he was kind of positioned as a character against the system, they actually allowed him to do a lot of those things that the traditional WWE superstar wasn't able to do. And what that did was that actually rallied a lot of the hardcore fans behind CM Punk as an anti WWE uh, figure. And if, you were to do that with Cody Rhodes cuz I've kind of been paying attention to his tweets a little bit. You notice he, even in like the last 3 days he tweeted AEW fans are the best fans and like thinking about if he's been signed for like 2 weeks and he's still tweeting stuff like that, that's kind of interesting and I almost wonder if that's something by design to kind of help be that kind of character that is an anti WWE figure but inside of WWE. I don't know. Um if that's how they're trying to position him. I I can't see Cody I mean, I guess I can because I've seen it before, but I can't see this Cody standing in the middle of a WWE ring talking about um, yeah. "I love the WWE universe." Welcome to Monday Night Raw. Like that doesn't sound like who Cody's been for six yeah, years. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? I, I listen. People people evolve. People could adapt. Uh,
0: I listen. You want me to play it out? I'm going to play it out here before uh, before anything else. Before we go to break, and I want to get your thoughts on this. He debuts uh, tomorrow. Let's say right. Tomorrow, he debuts on Monday. They set up the Seth Rollins match. He beats Seth, right? He comes out, who's next, whatever. There's a segment in the back, and it's Cody and Vince. And Cody says, I'm coming for your title. And Vince is like, no, but you got to go through somebody first, and it's Austin Theory. And then he says, you got to go through another person. And guess what? It's, and there's the Vince McMahon match. It's not gonna be McAfee and Vince. It's gonna be Cody and Vince. That's Cody the main event. And Vince. okay. They're gonna they're gonna run a four month program, okay? Every night, town after town, Vince McMahon and Cody Rhodes, right? Isn't that isn't that a possibility?
1: <laughs> absolutely. That that's actually where I was thinking. I was Perfect. like, see, I know I it's gonna be Vince versus Cody in I some it. way. I, I wasn't it. thinking of match, but honestly, I could absolutely see you no, going Vince see it. versus Cody.
0: Yeah, I could yeah. definitely see them going down that route. Listen, I, you know, this is all exciting stuff, right? Obviously, I'm half-joking here. But I do think they're going to probably end up with Vince somehow. Uh, another thing they could play into is the fact that he maybe he left because he contractually he can never get a title. And the most important thing in this business is a world championship. And he's here to get a world championship. Maybe he could play into that. I, listen, there's a lot that they could do. I'm not going to dump on this yet. Uh, I want to give it a chance because I can't imagine – he left this pretty comfortable job, right? This this very comfortable job that he was in. He had a job for life as long as he could possibly go. Uh, he wanted more. That's that's what it really comes down to. He wanted more than he had. And WWE was able to give, I guess, lead him and, and give him what he wanted. Or, or, you know what's really going to set the
1: tone? Uh, I'm going to ask you. Which do you think he comes out to, Smoke and Mirrors or Kingdom? Because I feel like that's going to oh, set the tone I, for I think Smoke and Mirrors. I think Kingdom. You think Kingdom? All right. You know what? Let's so. do a, he owns let's, it.
0: All right. We'll, we'll we'll put a stipulation on this. Wrestling Observer Live. Andrew Zarin here with Will Washington. Coming right back after this. Wrestling Observer Live. Andrew Zarian here, joined by Will Washington. Listen, the the we're when we go on break, we're doing like a whole separate show. Will and I, yeah. we're having these best conversations about you know about everything. We're all over the place here. Uh, we spoke about Cody, obviously. Uh, we're going to find out, man. Now, I don't know if he's showing up on Monday. I would I would imagine they want they need to give it some time and build this program. They're in Chicago so. Monday, right? They are in Chicago, so pretty good venue to do something, you know. In Chicago, hot crowd. I'm imagining. It. At the end of the day, I'm watching Monday Night Raw live. For the second week in a row in a long time i haven't done live in a long time i just watch the next day so this is stuff's moving on stuff's happening we'll find out Uh, big story that came out today aew and ddt have a working relationship chris daniels which is uh vp of talent relations a lot of people didn't know that i, I was surprised by by the amount of comments from people uh chris daniels made an announcement uh as part of the ddt 25th anniversary it's wild that this company's been around for 25 years Uh, DDT talent will be brought in to work AEW shows. Now, this is where things get interesting because this goes back to a couple weeks ago when someone at WWE, the day of the Ring of Honor announcement, called me and was like, hey, listen, uh, today's the day. I'm like, okay, what's what's happening? He goes, I'm pretty sure it could still be Ring of Honor, but I'm pretty confident that they're talking to an international pro wrestling company for some sort of agreement and i was like okay like what he goes well i think it's going to involve a tape library and this kind of coincides with the streaming deal that they're working on they're trying to figure out so i was like okay you know what this kind of is falling into place here now the question is why ddt right and and i want to get your opinion on this why ddt before you give me that and i want to let everybody know cyber agent is the company that owns ddt noah uh, Gan Pro and Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, and it's under the banner of CyberFight. They have a streaming platform for their content, also. But what happens here, and why? Why are you going after? You know, why do you want to work with them over other companies? Uh, You know, notable AEW talent that's worked in these companies. It's Michael Nakazawa, obviously Thunder Rosa, Rio, and and Kenny Omega. We all know his connection with DDT. So this is very interesting. I personally believe that. My source is correct. If there is this deal happening, we found out the international promotion is, uh, you know, uh, DDT. Does this lead to a tape library? And does this bring us one step closer to figuring out what that streaming deal is? Well, I know I unloaded a ton of stuff here, but I want to get your opinion on this. W- what happens with this?
1: That is uh, a great question because I feel like. Um, this relationship, you know, it it was announced, um, at the time when Chris Daniels did the video that it was going to be the, uh, a relationship with DDT, but, um, then, of course, Michael Nakazawa later clarified that it is everybody under the umbrella, so it's also going to include Tokyo Joshi Pro, um, which Hikaru Shida just worked, uh, uh, two nights ago, and, of course, um, Yuka Sakazaki is there, and, um, Pretty much a a good number of AEW Joshi talent um, works out of Tokyo Joshi Pro. And so um, there is benefit to the relationship um, as far as that's concerned. Now, yeah, we talk about having a video library. Of course, uh, those are kind of tied in with um, the Wrestle Universe platform, right? And um, I actually watch stuff out of Wrestle Universe. I do feel like that's a pretty straightforward platform for streaming wrestling content and if AEW doesn't have like a really big deal in the works in terms of like you know an HBO Max or something along those lines um and just needs a streaming type of platform uh you know i i would actually like to see them at least from a technological and functional standpoint i would like to see them kind of pull what wrestle universe is doing uh and uh build that functionality and it's got pretty much everything you could need as far as a streaming service is concerned and it's really easy to navigate uh that's that's kind of what I would like to see um as far as what we get out of that cuz like we saw Takeshi to come over uh from DDT last year uh he came in he worked the house always wins and then he worked uh those couple of episodes of uh of A W Dark Elevation uh as far as what that actually brings to like the Dynamite Fold. I don't actually uh, know if they could actually bring them in. I don't.
0: I don't think it'll do. Uh, and this, listen, I, I could be wrong on this. And I and I follow as much wrestling as possible. Sometimes I miss some stuff. I get what DDT does. Uh, I don't. You know, it's it's a different product. It's a very different product compared to what people expect out of a traditional Japanese pro wrestling promotion. Uh, they're not a traditional pro wrestler, uh, Japanese pro wrestling promotion. They do things a little bit differently. Noah's, Noah being affiliated with uh, the parent company kind of m- gets me thinking a little bit more. But as far as talent coming in, I think it's always great to have talent. I don't think it's going to affect ratings. But to me, it's this is the the assessed value stuff that I'm into for AEW. This adds another layer of value to your company. You are attempting to come up with some sort of streaming partner uh, that you desperately need, and and not in a bad way. You do need this because you don't know what's happening with Ring of Honor. Uh, Tony said that he's going to continue shows with Ring of Honor, and they're running uh, the pay per view as is. They're not going to be on Sinclair, as far as I understand. I can't imagine that they're going to continue. No, Tony on said
1: that uh, specifically during the media scrum at Revolution that. Uh, he was planning on leveraging the current relationships uh, that AEW has with Warner Media. So yeah. I don't know exactly what that means. But to me, that sounded like uh, not planning on running anything with Sinclair Broadcasting. Yeah. Uh,
0: listen, you, you have a platform that people are very much enjoying with HBO Max. Now, the, the Discovery merger, maybe that's playing a part. I know that they were working heavy on incorporating some infrastructure changes to the way that HBO Max is done, because it's going to be, you know, it's essentially all the streaming platforms, Discovery Plus and that. It's going to end up in one umbrella eventually. So you need to incorporate live content. You need to incorporate pay-per-views. This is a perfect, I mean, you put Ring of Honor on, on HBO Max, it's first run programming over there now you have the archive stuff of NOAA and'm I'm, I'm, I'm assuming right NOAA DDT uh, Tokyo uh, Joshi Pro you have all these variables now coming in the mix on top of your three years of content with Aew dark and dark elevation and the pay-per-views it's looking valuable now you know when you look at this and you have well, you have Ring of Honor, you have this, you have that. And you're like, okay, what else are they going to add? What else can they bring to our platform? This is, you know, this is a lot of this is business end stuff, which I love and nobody else cares about. But we are seeing something interesting getting built here. And if they're able to do it with HBO Max, I think that's what they need to aim for. We know that Tony doesn't really do little stuff. And that's that's the thing about Ring of Honor also. Do you think they're going to run Ring of Honor as if it's Ring of Honor, or do you think it's going to become more like a feeder system, like an NXT type product for AEW?
1: Um, well, again, thinking about just what Tony Khan has said, uh, it sounds to me like uh, kind of a hybrid of both. You know, he kind of used NXT 2.0 as his example of. Uh, what, why he was going to be the booker for Ring of Honor that he kind of he seemed to imply, and of course this is just me picking at his words, uh, because using NXT 2.0 as the example, he had said that you know that was transformed as a more suitable feeder system for what Raw and SmackDown, uh, what feeds their bottom line, and he seemed to be kind of implying that he wants Ring of Honor to feed AEW's bottom line. And so I do think it is going to be more of a developmental system, but at the same time, it's also going to be run independently. The thing is, um, the the big you know talking about the business side of things, uh, the the big difference between Ring of Honor and AEW is that uh, Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor. That was his purchase. You know, uh, AEW has. Th- its ownership is is a little more cloudy because it's actually owned by by Shad Khan and the the trademarks yeah. were actually registered to the Jacksonville Jaguars and there's all of that. But like Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor, like that is his. Uh, and so that's it. Tony um, Khan's to,
0: uh, Ring of Honor. He's done with AEW. Uh, yes. Go right there. He got his father <laughs> took the rug right under him. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. I the consortium, <laughs> you know, come out like Ric Flair. The consortium didn't. It's me, you know, do the whole thing. And now there you go. Another great fantasy booking by Andrew Zarian here. Yes. <laughs> terrible. Fan- <laughs> Let me just say another terrible fantasy booking by Andrew Zarian here. No, I, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, now, now, the question is, with TV rights deals, we know that WWE at the time when they acquired WCW could not put WCW on any other non-Viacom station. Will that play a part with this deal... Because AEW is on a Turner property. Obviously, he's Warner Media Group. Will Warner Media Group allow Tony Khan to have a pro wrestling product on another channel? Even though it's not AEW, it's still his. There's a lot of this that's going on here, right? There's a lot of moving parts. I'm going to tell you one great piece of advice. Not you. The the world. I'm going to put this out there. No matter how independent you think you are, you still have somebody to answer to. And that's the people paying you. And those are the advertisers. That's your TV partner. That's you know these there are all these other variables that come into play. Will Will Time Warner want, uh, or 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 be okay with him doing this on another platform? I don't know about that, and that's why I'm hoping that this continues. This HBO Max thing happens.
1: Yeah, I, I want to see the you know honestly uh, as a fan, I want to see it be HBO Max simply because um, it's it's a, uh, an incredibly large platform um, and. There's, I, I believe, of the streaming platforms, aren't they the third biggest, I want to say? Yeah. Um, You know, I, I, I don't know if I can actually verify that, uh, but I think I saw that yesterday. But just thinking about how big of a platform HBO Max is and how much exposure that could be as far as live content is concerned, I know that a thing people want because it's been... Uh, eight years. I can't believe I had to look at a calendar for that, but it's been eight years of the WWE Network and people are kind of used to the idea that um, you just subscribe $9.99 a month and that's your pay-per-view. Um, I genuinely don't think we're going to see that. I think that um, I- I- I've-, I've heard a lot uh, out of AW that they're really pleased with the attach rate um, that is coming with pay-per-view buys right now. That we're looking at, you know, uh, Dave reported uh, in the Observer this past week um, that Revolution did somewhere between uh, I, I think upwards of like 167,000 buys. I th- I think um, it was like
0: overall the estimate is 167, but I think it was like a six million dollar pay per view. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and thinking about, the, you know, that's the second largest uh, AEW pay per view right behind All Out, and. Uh, thinking about the percentage of the viewership that's buying the pay-per-views is is huge for pro wrestling. Like, I don't think, uh, from a percentage standpoint, any wrestling company in really history has pulled um, that large of a percentage of their base purchasing the pay-per-views. And I think that uh, there's a lot of that they're going to want to hang on to. And so uh, if they end up in an HBO Max scenario. I think we're still looking at pay per view, and so that's that's one thing. Uh, that- same thing.
0: Uh, I I would <laughs> say all the conversations I've had with people at Warner Media, not necessarily uh, AEW. I don't think they want to give up that BR Live or wherever they go, right? Because they they're a partner. BR Live is Warner Media. They're making a a lot of money from these pay per views when pay per views are now showing. Uh, that people are willing to buy pay-per-views. Those Jake Paul pay-per-views are doing phenomenal. Uh, you're seeing a lot of boxing. Box heavyweight boxing is back with tremendous pay-per-views. Uh, we are now in a different model. And when you tell people, listen, once every couple months you got to pay fifty bucks versus once every month you got to pay fifty bucks, I think they'll be okay with paying it every yeah. couple months. Wrestling Observer Live. We're going to be coming back, wrapping up the show. Andrews Aaron here, Sports Byline USA final few minutes of wrestling observer live sunday edition i'm Andrew syrian of course i'm joined by will washington join me today dude i had a blast hanging out with you and talking wrestling of course this, had was, a this is a lot of fun yeah no I, I definitely want to do it again but where before I, I have a couple things i want to add at the end of the show but where can people find you because obviously you're doing the grab city podcast over at fightful uh start a couple months ago but what else are you up to
1: uh yeah so um on fightful i do a couple of shows uh I, on Thursdays, host Day After Dynamite. That's over at Fightful Overbooked, youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. On Twitter, I'm WilliamRBR. On Instagram, also WilliamRBR. I'm pretty consistent with that name. Uh, but yeah, Grapsity is my home, uh, and I'm there every Saturday with uh, Righteous Reg and Phil Lindsay. And that's Saturdays, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. That's youtube.com slash Fightful no fantastic stuff man and,
0: and and i caught you guys i think when you first started and i really enjoyed it i came in the chat and i turn it on you know it's a saturday morning i'm I'm doing my thing and i'm like i gotta clean it's, up my office i just turn it on and i love it i love the easiness of a of a morning show
1: it's so much fun and yeah honestly uh especially it being the thing that i, I wake up and do on saturday mornings i i have a blast doing it it's so much fun grapsity saturdays Love it, love it, love it. Guys, that's it for this week. Wrestling Observer Live. I'm going to be back next Sunday
0: with another awesome guest. Brian, I'll see you guys tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. Wrestling Observer Live, everybody. See you next time.